I'm Sharon Brett Kelly, and today on the detail, I'm at Tokomaru Bay. I'm standing right here on the beach in the beautiful bay, and it's um, it was quite a shock coming into the township from Gisborne. About 10 k's out of town, there were parts of the road that were just broken, and now I, I'm looking at the bridge, which was partly washed away in the last storm and has been repaired but it cut at the time it cut the town in two it's a it's an absolutely stunning day today here in the bay but this town has been hit by some really nasty weather in the last 10 months in fact three floods three devastating floods have hit this town. And so I'm here today because some people in the community have been having a meeting at the local sports club, and I'm here to talk to some of those people about how they feel about living in a town that is so vulnerable to extreme weather. First, I want to talk to Lillian Teho Ward. She's in the middle of organising a hangi at the club for the Bay Volunteers, the Ako Warriors, who leapt into action when floods hit for a third time in nine months. I'm the secretary of the sports club. Uh, whenever we have a weather event, I'm the civil defence uh, lead. And I'm also the COVID hapu lead, so any whānau that have COVID in Tukumaru, I push out the support for them. I am really shocked about what I saw as I was driving into town here, about from about 10 k's out. Yep. I, I mean, it's a mess, isn't yep. it? Yep. Uh, so State Highway is always um, a stinker for us, if I can call it that. I'd like to call it something else, but I mightn't be able to. Uh, in that um, any weather event, at least one Ngāti Pirau community is cut off from the rest of the world. Uh, four weeks ago we had one, to, well actually we had the majority of the coast cut off. Uh, and for me, as someone that works for council, um, I see that's underinvestment in our state highway. So you're saying that it's poor work rather than just really brutal weather? Uh, yeah, poor work, poor work. You Sorry. can talk to anyone in Ngāti Pirau and they'll tell you exactly where the trouble spots are on State Highway 35. And they're repeatedly breaking down or...? Definitely. Uh, so we have a lot of road drops or a lot of road subsidence and for me it's just a sticky plaster to fix it until the next uh, weather event yes. happens. So we were lucky enough to uh, have the Prime Minister as our audience during the last, second to last weather event and I talked about we need a better investment into State Highway 35 so even though we were going through our own struggles it wasn't just about us, it was our whanaunga that all over the coast that were blocked off because of the roading network had given way. Has anything happened since then? There were lots of pleas to the PM. One was, we're not going to clean up again this time. We needed help. So they've um, announced a 500,000 Task Force Green funding so that those who are on an unemployment benefit can get a wage until the clean-up's done. Yeah, so that was nice. Um, in terms of seeing any work on State Highway 35, haven't seen any. 
It's yeah, just been the patch-ups, the patch-ups to get people moving again. And, you know, I drove on, uh, what do you call it, that new highway into Wellington? Transmission Gully. And I thought, wow, here's where all of our money's coming. And that, you know, just about every second person in Tokomaru has a four-wheel drive, so they pay for rucks. We've got lots of big trucks using our state highway and local roads. So it doesn't make sense to me that there's a lot of money going to NZTA and minimal coming back in to invest in the roads. Because one thing I also noticed about coming in here, and it is, it's a long weekend, but there's a heck of a lot of yellow diggers and big trucks everywhere. So what, what are they doing? Uh, they're trying to remove all the silt from the first weather event. Um, and on call, really, just as well, we still had diggers around two weeks ago, one week ago, and that... Um, one of our streams just further down Beach Road had turned into a raging current again and was threatening two houses. So our local contractor just jumped in his digger and went to do what he needed to do to save those houses. Let's go back. How many floods have there been? So we've had three in ten months. Wow. Yep. So the first one was June 20th, 2021. Mm. Uh, then we had the one... What was that, March 21st? Yeah. And then we had another one just over a week ago. Yeah. Just over a week just ago. Just over a week ago. So within three weeks we had two weather events um, and, yeah, flooding. We'll hear more from Lillian, but now I'm heading out to the sports club's sunny deck overlooking the rugby field where the banter is about the upcoming Ngāti Puro clash between Tokomaru Bay's United and Ruatoria's city teams. At first, they're not really keen to tell me about their flood stories. They say they don't want it to sound like a pity party. But after a while, a few agree to talk. My name is Carolee Pewhairangi Lawton. Tati. What happened to you? Because we're talking about the first big flood nine months ago. Yeah. Oh, that didn't really affect our end. But hit bad this time? Yeah, yeah. What happened? The water off the mountain just came out in rocks and mud and just mainly affected our neighbours' houses, but we got the, the runoff of it as well down our driveway. It's still pretty bad at the moment. Like, what does it look like? Just a bog up the driveway and around the back still pretty wrecked, yeah, I would say. Well, because I was staying at another house just down the road a bit, because with COVID I didn't want to be at home. Mm. Yeah, I went to drive down and there was rocks, like, like about that high off the oh, ground. Yeah. Long, so. yeah, so I had to walk down there, pretty much, as well as being cut off from the bridge as well, yeah. not being able to come across. So what, what did that mean for you if you were stuck on that side of town, you couldn't get across? Yeah, well, we had to um, rely on our Arco Warriors eh, and our volunteers that were... Arco Warriors? Yeah, they were like the volunteer group. So they were dropping off what they could and when they could. Like supplies? Yeah, But yeah. how were they getting across? Uh, it was coming around the long way. You had to use a back road yeah. Yeah, that hardly any people <laughs> knew about. And, um, yeah, that was the only access for what, a week solid. Yeah. Like, it, it's a sketchy road. It on its best day. So what if you worked over, if you lived over there and worked over this side? Yeah, well, I 
just stayed home. <laughs> Tati's auntie, Kara Lee Pefairangi Lawton's family home in Arthur Street, is red stickered. She was still waiting for the council report from the first flood in June last year when the second flood hit about a month ago, followed by another bout of bad weather. The river came up underneath the house but not inside it the last time. However, this time it came right through. The so, river did? Yeah. Wow. Were you inside? No, I had. I don't live there. My mum lives there and my sister who takes care of her um, she's 84 and she's got dementia so the river was rising and then it receded and so I came and evacuated them and then the next day the rain continued and the river rose again so the house actually got flooded twice um, over two days. Over two mm-hmm. days. What's it like now? Because it's what, about a month since that happened. Yeah, so you're right, it's got a red sticker on it. Uh, started off with a white sticker with red printing, now we've got a real red sticker um, where we can. it cannot be occupied unless it's um, what the District Council deems um, <clears throat> are repaired. Uh, we're still awaiting a report from the GDC to identify those things that they have identified and for the reason why the house cannot be inhabited. Basically, your life's on hold until yeah. that report comes out and then the, the insurance company will decide. Well, we'll, act. well I'm sure they, they're willing to um, settle. Mm. However, they need assurance, and so do we, that protections are going to be put in place to ensure that it we are not affected by any weather event again. Mm. Yeah. But, I mean... <laughs> so it's about, yeah, an assurance, I suppose, about fixing up the catchment areas. Mm. And, I mean, there are now catchment areas that were, we wouldn't think were catchment areas. Now about, every culvert is a stream. It's kind of not like this lovely... Postcard, yeah. Little post- yeah. Postcard yeah. My auntie's uncle and my grandfather, he just passed away on, what, the week previous just gone and you know everyone's dispersed and gone back to their lives and it's like oh well we're going back to our normal whatever that is I felt better at the funeral yeah you feel like everybody yeah because everyone was together together and we all were looking after each other and we all ignored what was going around on around us for that three or four days and then we walked back out and then it's like you're looking at mud and the roads are stuffed and yeah. the water's not going as it should be. Mm. Soon it won't be feasible for people to have cars along these roads. Yeah. Are yeah. they getting worse? Yeah, yeah. They're like just hanging on the roads. We're fortunate, I think, that we have two nurses in Tokomaru Bay. One lives on this side of the river, the other one lives on the other side because mm. we were cut off from Tapuya. Yeah. And so those two nurses were able to provide care. And how long did that go on for? A week? Yeah, a good week. And because prior to that, they were roping across the ro- mm. across the bridge medication. Really? They? Yeah. They, were, they had a little pulley system with a rope, someone on the other side, and they would pull across little bags of whatever, the medications, because those were the urgent supplies needed. Or horsebacking. 
people that really? were yeah. yeah, and horsebacking oh, wow. groceries. And so what, what's it been like, you know, living in a town where you're kind of just cleaning up from one and then another one comes through? Um, well, pretty resilient bunch, eh? So everyone just gets on with the mahi and carries on doing the do. Te Riro Raihania so is a teacher. I was organising uh, things like hybrid learning programmes and so that tamariki that were at home with their parents because they couldn't get to school or for whatever reason, um, I was helping behind the scenes in that sort of domain. How does that work? Were you prepared for it because you've already been gone through COVID? and Kind of, so it keeps evolving. It's like a COVID response and then a flood response. So we're trying to figure out how kids can learn no matter where they are. Um, yeah, but Do you worry that the kids are, are missing out? I honestly, no, I don't worry that the kids are missing out because the best learning they can get is at home with their whanau, looking after each other and all of that. I do not think that our kids are going to be disadvantaged. Yeah, disadvantaged or anything. OK. Maybe if we still have to keep um, measuring them against... Yeah. Those yeah, maybe then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So if yeah, but if I'm if I'm looking at the child from my Maori perspective, no, these tamariki are in the perfect place with their whanau, learning and loving each other. I don't even know the story. Yeah, okay. What's the mahi? Mihi Raihania and Jean Takurua are two of the Ako warriors or volunteers who reluctantly tell me their stories. Well, it just happened quickly. Two past. Yeah, woke up in the morning and it was all action. It went everywhere. Really? Yep. Where, what do you mean, wet everywhere? It's just like this whole well, town like all, all, all the field over here, all over by the fish shop and Cafe 35 and there, it was all flooded. It was last year. So what did you do? I mean, where did you start with something like that? When a whole town is... On Facebook. Yeah, <laughs> that's how we started, what on Facebook. What do you mean? You started on Facebook. You sent out messages on Facebook? Yeah. And what? I mean, we actually came here, we drove through the water and parked up over here and sort of made this the base. Right. <laughs> what, the sports club here? Yeah, yeah. well, because yeah. them, they were the house that was flooded out that time at the start. Did you make a plan or how did it work? I went home and made them breakfast, actually. They were all cold and brought a feedback here. I mean, well, how, do you, how did you fix it? Yeah, cleaned up, ate sludge and silt and gravel, but that's all we could do. Had to wait for insurance and all that. That's another drama, eh? All those uh, tauiwi processes, no good. Insurances, eh, all that stuff, hoha. You pay it all your life, and then when you need, you reach out, and no one reaching back. Through the events that we've had, it is like those processes are hard. You know, uh, there's no real support necessarily for family to navigate it and, and really know the nuances. And how long did it take to help clean everybody? Well, it still wasn't clean when this one happened. So that was that was nine. You're talking about nine months Gen ago. Yeah. Yeah. And everything still wasn't even cleaned up. Yeah, what do you mean? People's houses? Were yeah, people's houses, houses. There were still like all drainage issues and silt, like, silt areas, like holes like that. Yeah. All over the street. No, everyone struggled. There was not one person that did an arm. They didn't call it an emergency for nothing. No. The task is huge, you know. Um, if this was happening in uh, Whangamata or somewhere like that, eh, for, uh, hey, all those. Um, 
people will be up there in the jiffy, relief funds and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I don't know, I just feel our region gets treated a bit differently when it comes to all of that. Do you feel neglected? Oh, it's not a poor me pity party, but okay. it's, it's, it's about equity, eh, for me. And what about now, though? Because, um, you know, if you drive into town, I mean, it's it's really, isn't it? It's yeah. No, it is. It's a beautiful place. Well, well, we just have to carry on. Well, we can't we just start fixing up. Well, we yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just start fixing everything up again. It'll dry out. It'll dry out one day. Well, we, you know, we always try and look on the bright side. I mean, it is what it is. If can't stop the rain from falling. No, me. no. <laughs> <laughs> we just ride it out like how we do. Yeah. We just ride it out until the they really uh, band together. They come together and help everyone out with lodgings if they've lost their house. That's life up and down the coast. It's always been that way, you know? Like, um, they trade food between one another. They're always trading meat for veggies and so on and so forth. And, but, yeah, renowned for helping one another out. Albie Rickard and his sister Mary are back on the coast from Australia. He has a house at Weimar at the end of the bay and was shocked to see the silt has wiped out the Kaimuana. Yeah, just killed all the reef off and all our uh, kinder beds and our boo-boo beds. They're just wiped out, you know, just silted up. and Yeah, that's a crying shame. It's going to take ages for them to recover. If they recover, oh really? If they recover at all? Really? Yeah. I mean, the people that I've talked to today are kind of quite pissed off, I think, with the fact that you know they feel like the authorities not not enough money has been spent yeah, on no, infrastructure. That's true. that's true. Yeah, yeah, they kind of get left behind. That's why there's very little change up and down the coast, you know, and. Well, there's a heck of a lot of, um, you know, rivers and roads and things oh. to fix around here. Yeah, the road between here and Tapuia is bad. Is it? Oh, it's going to take ages to fix that mm. road up. It's a bad. A lot yeah, of it's, it's 30Ks, single lane, traffic yeah. lights, washed out, slips, you name it, just devastating. We're lucky we come out of it unscathed, but just down the road, the creek, rose and went down through the Marae um, childcare centre and just, just just about wiped the place out, you know, and went across the road, um, all down through the Utapa or the cemetery, and the, the creek washed away the bank, so now you've only got a 10-foot track alongside the Utapa and the creek now used to be 20 feet. So another big one in that Utapa is going to get washed out, washed away. Paul Kennedy is the barman at the sports club. It's the only bar in town now after Te Puka Tavern was wrecked by floods and red stickered. Yes, yeah, so we all got made redundant, all the staff, because they don't know when it can reopen. A lot of work to do on it, so... So you lost your job there? We all did, there were 14 of us. There wasn't anyone, I don't... No-one on the coast who wasn't affected by this. At all, no-one, not a soul. But, I mean, you've lived here a long time, and the, the coast gets bad weather. Yeah, you know, we get these tropical storms rolling in, but it has seemed to have got worse in the last, you know, 10 years. And you can say, you know, yes, it was, yeah. the, you know, the amount of rain and that we had, but it was also because... They haven't been keeping up with our inf infrastructure and, and helping the coast and doing things for us. And we still pay our rates, you know? Mm -hmm. So now, this, the first one was a warning sign, and they thought they'd done it. Well, this one, you know, you know now. Hey, things have to be done. 
Yeah. You know, and we're talking state highways being cut off, you know. Is the town staying strong, do you oh, think? Oh, of course, yeah. Yeah, I mean, People aren't going to pack up and move no, somewhere else never. to an easier no, life. No, or well, what's easier than this? You know, no one wears watches, eh? Everyone's on, you know, glide time. You know, it's a beautiful community and the coast is a beautiful place. But this time, the locals want things done differently. Here's Lillian Taho Ward. Throughout Tokomaru, the hills have been cleared because it's farmland, so there's nothing keeping anything together. The impacts of global warming... Um, forestry, unfortunately to say it was a big it, it is a big employer of our people but the devastation left afterwards um, is it really worth it? We've got local cray fishermen who no longer can catch their quota because of all the silt and according to our cray fishermen there are lots of islands of slash out there so leftover runoff from the forestry function. Well, so with all that I mean a lot of that seems out of your control as a small community, but I mean, what is there anything that you can do? What? Uh, we can work in partnership with the powers that be to find solutions because what we find is they make up their own solutions and it doesn't work. Mm. We know our land, we know our sea, we know our rivers. Come and talk to us and we'll be party to whatever the solutions are. And that's probably a key message for anyone out there. Just don't come and do things because you'll find you're back one, two, three months later doing the same stuff. So do you have any thoughts on what needs to happen? Uh, I think we need to do lots of planting. Native planting. Native planting. Native planting. uh, To try and hold the land together. We need to stop, um, at this stage, a lot of uh, earthworks that's happening because people are buying sections and they want to develop their land well that's creating problems for either their neighbours or slips just come down on top of them when the rain comes Mm. so there needs to be better planning and there needs to be better consenting and oversight of things What's the mood of the town like at the moment? Oh we're all still in high spirits Sun is shining We're all good Club rooms is open. It's the main thing. (laughs) That's it for today. I'm Sharon Brett-Kelly. The detail is public interest journalism funded through New Zealand On Air and produced by Newsroom for RNZ. You can get us downloaded free to your mobile device every weekday from any podcast platform. Today's episode was engineered by Jeremy Veal and produced by Sarah Robson. And thanks to Lillian Toho Ward and the other good people of Tokomaru Bay who'd spoke to me. Kakite anō.